There's a lot going on in Aggieland over the last few days since the end of the season. We're going to talk about all the changes, all the recruiting, all the transfers on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Joey Eitz. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. As I mentioned in the open to the show, it is technically the offseason for the Aggies football team. But there's no offseason in college football. If you follow college football closely enough to be listening to this show, you understand that well. There's been a lot that has taken place over the last several days. And it's been a a lot of news in a lot of different places. And that's, you know, that's transfers in and out. We'll get to those. That's coaching changes. We'll get to that. That's some recruiting that's going on and some news that's come out with that. We're going to start with recruiting. Eh, You know what? We're going to start with the coaching staff because really that's one of the most important aspects of this whole thing, and it's something we're going to talk about a ton over the next couple of weeks as this stuff straightens out, and that is the fact that on Monday, didn't take very long at all, on Monday, A&M announced that they were going to be dismissing or leaving of duties or that offensive coordinator and tight ends coach Daryl Dickey would no longer be part of the A&M football program as offensive coordinator. And a little bit within, you know, A&M fan circles and message boards and, you know, the whole thing, Twitter and all that kind of stuff. There was a sentiment of, you know, good riddance, like whatever towards this. And I just can't get there with this for one, because Coach Dickey is by all accounts for anyone who's ever interacted with him, just a, a very, very good person, someone that people enjoy interacting with, a really good coach, all of that kind of stuff. And secondly, to pretend like this is A&M's or that this is Daryl Dickey's offense that had all the problems is a little bit disingenuous when we all know that, you know, the guy holding the play sheet and the spiral notebook and the pen and all the other stuff on game day that he doesn't really need is Jimbo Fisher. It's Jimbo Fisher's system that he's been running for forever. It's Jimbo Fisher calling the plays, all of that stuff. But in order to make room for an offense coordinator hire, like we've been talking about on this show for two months now, and like we've been talking about um, all over the place with this AM team for a while, you have to open up an offensive coordinator position. And AM, A&M technically has two offensive coordinators. They have co-offensive coordinators. 
or they did. Coach Dickey was one offensive coordinator, and uh, James Coley was the co-offensive coordinator and was coaching the receivers. And then you have Jimbo Fisher. So lots of cooks in the offensive kitchen, and maybe that's part of the problem. And so if they're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator, that offensive coordinator needs a needs a, a chair to sit in. He needs a title, offensive coordinator. Moving on from Coach Dickey allows that position to now be open. The rest of the staff, you know, Coach Steve Adazio was on a one-year contract, the offensive line coach. He, all of these other positions within the coaching staff, most of those positions will likely be decided on in some sort of collaboration between Jimbo and whoever this offensive coordinator is. And so that's why this whole thing is the most important deal is because we know, we believe, and we've seen it on the field, the talent level that a lot of these A&M offensive players have. We've seen Evan Stewart be insanely productive. We've seen Moose Muhammad be insanely productive. We've seen Donovan Green grow throughout the course of the year. We've seen Connor Wigman be very productive as a thrower and as a runner. We've seen the offensive line grow throughout the year, and depending on the decision that Layden Robinson makes in regards to the NFL draft, which we'll talk about later this week with some of the guys that are making those types of decisions, depending on that, there's a chance that you could return your entire starting offensive line from 2022 back for 2023 with growth from the young players, growth from the young depth to potentially create competition for starting jobs, and competition from new incoming recruits, which AM has a very good offensive line class coming from on a recruiting standpoint. One of those guys, TJ Shanahan, does have a knee injury, so he probably won't factor in much in 2023, but We'll see. But all these other coaching staff positions, the guys who are really going to probably be the difference between what the 2022 offense was and the 2023 offense can be because the talent is going to largely be the same. That's one of the things about having such a young team. And we're going to talk about the transfer portal here in a moment. But thus far, as of this recording, None of the guys who've entered the transfer portal have been major big impact players on the offensive side of the ball for the Aggies. So most of the talent will be back. Now it's up to the coaching staff, whatever that staff looks like by the time the season rolls around next year, to maximize that talent on the field and to put that talent into position to be able to succeed. Speaking of succeeding, Before we talk about the transfer portal guys, and there are several of them so far, not as many as some other schools, despite what season, what the rumors during the season wanted to tell you, there are some guys who have already announced their intentions to go into the transfer portal. We're going to talk about those guys, but first I'm going to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as I mentioned, there is 
some transfer action taking place within the Texas A&M program. It has not been the mass exodus that we that some people anticipated. Um, and and there, there have been six guys so far as of the time of this recording that have entered the transfer portal. We'll go through them one by one, talk a little bit about them. Chase Lane, wide receiver, is he's going to be a graduate transfer. He's already finished. He's going to be finishing his master's degree this year. Uh, he will be an A&M player. He'll be an Aggie for life. He He's represented A&M incredibly well. Um, over his career, he has 48 catches for just over 600 yards and two touchdowns. He played 24 games when he joined the, he joined the team in 2019. He was a member of the class of 2019. So he's been with A&M for a while. He's a graduate transfer. Great person. Everybody swears by who he is as a person. Just was not, um, was not ever the impact player on the field that some of these other guys, some of these younger guys are going to have the opportunity to be and going into what will be his last year of eligibility more than likely. And, 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 where he heads for his last season, he probably wants to go somewhere where he has the opportunity to play. So good luck to Chase. Wish him nothing but the best. Next guy, Caden Davis, um, a kicker. He, he was the main kickoff guy for AM this year. Uh, he started the season with um, as the main place kicker, um, but – Attempted six extra points, made all six, went one for three on field goal attempts, and the one he made was from 40 yards, and he was replaced by Randy Bond. He did kick off uh, – he, he did have 47 kickoff touchbacks this year. Um, so big leg, good guy, excited to see where, where he winds up. Um, the next guy is, is LJ Johnson, running back. Um, and, and you'll notice – there's a lot of guys, there are several of these guys are members of the 2021 recruiting class who came in and were here for the 2021 season and then came in as in the 2022 season and were either overtaken by younger players or were injured. And so they couldn't play a whole lot this year and a younger player or another player stepped up in that role and they sort of anticipate that there won't be as much room for them this year. So that's the case with, uh, with LJ Johnson. Um, he was a 2021, uh, recruit. He was expected to be the number two back on the depth chart, but by the time they got to mid season, he missed quite a bit of time and he finished with 10 carries for 39 yards and two touchdowns. Um, got some time early in the season as sort of a change of pace goal line type runner, um, for Devon a chain, but by the time we got to the end of the year, Amari Daniels and Le'Veon Moss uh, had shown enough that he just wasn't getting much playing time. And it's not hard for a running back to look at that type of situation and go, man, these two guys, one of these guys is a true freshman. Another one is also a young player. There's not going to be a whole lot of room for me, even if the, the lead running back, Devon A-Chain, goes off to, uh, goes off to the pros. Um, let me go transfer and find some place where I can be more of a, a main part of the ball carrying um, committee. Um, Ish Harris, true freshman in 2022, um, never played a snap in 22 for the Aggies. Um, he was one of the top linebackers in the 2022 class. 
um, but couldn't get on the field. And again, this is something that's going to happen when you have a young team that you feel like has depth is that especially with how much A&M went through from an injury standpoint in 2022, that if you're a guy who didn't get on the field in 2022 for A&M at all, um, and you look around and you sort of say, hey, you know, they're still pursuing this really high-level recruit linebacker um, in the 2023 class. There's these guys in front of me who are going to be back next year. Um, Maybe I'm better off going and looking for another opportunity. It's probably what happened with Ish. Um, Edge, Elijah Judy, um, sort of similar situation as LJ Johnson, um, member of the 2021 class, just never really – made his impact on the field in 21 or 22 and all these when you recruit on the defensive line like A&M does you're gonna lose some of these guys just because there's not enough snaps for a lot of these guys to go around as much as there are tons of snaps to play on the defensive line um, you're gonna lose some of these guys just because of the fact that you some of these guys are going to develop faster. You're going to have uh, an LT Overton show up as a reclassification into the 2022 class and become a starter by the end of his freshman year at 18 years old. And you're going to have um, other young players come in and show it immediately that they have what it takes to get on the field. And what's going to happen is they're going to look around. They're going to realize, hey, you know what? They got other edge players coming in. They got other guys at my position Coming, they've got other guys at my position who have played. I need to go find somewhere else that can uh, they can create an opportunity for me. It's a very similar story all the way through. Um, the the next and and final guy who in who was actually the first guy who announced that he was going to be entering the portal is Danell Harris. Um, Danell Harris did not play for AM in 2022. He actually was one of the guys who Jimbo Fisher announced at the beginning of the season would be a medically retired sort of situation because of an injury. Um, Harris got some really good news that um, he's going to be clear to play football. again. Um, but similar story to Elijah Judy, he doesn't feel like the right opportunity for him right now is at A&M. And again, I don't envy, I don't, I don't, I don't hate these guys at all for making this decision. Ultimately, these individuals, these kids have to make the right decision for themselves. Um, Elijah, or excuse me, Donnell was a top 10 player in the 2021 class, but wound up being kind of similar to uh, LT Overton that we were just talking about. Would have been a top 10 player in the 2021 class, reclassified to 2020, was a top 60 guy in that 2020 class. but just never really caught on, probably would have had a decent opportunity this year uh, because of some development, things like that, to be able to play. But unfortunately, the injury cost him that opportunity this year. But we are excited for Donnell Harris Jr. to get his opportunity somewhere, and we're excited that that the injury situation has worked itself out. Now, in other important decisions that have happened, we'll talk more about some of these sort of decisions um, later this week in another episode, but but today uh, I do want to mention that McKinley Jackson, the uh, the really important junior defensive lineman for A and M, did announce um, and formally say that he is locked and loaded and returning 
for his senior season at AM, which is a huge deal for AM to get that big, important, really high level player. He was probably AM's best, most consistent defensive lineman when he was on the field this year. He did miss some time with an elbow injury, um, which I think hurt AM pretty significantly in the early part of the season. I think some of those early games, Appalachian State, some of those other games um, might would have gone a little differently with McKinley Jackson on the field. But he he announced he's going to be back for his senior year, um, which will be awesome to have that veteran person, that veteran leader in the locker room um, for next season to show these younger guys what an offseason is supposed to look like, what the preparation looks like. Because a lot of these freshmen, a lot of the freshmen for 2022 came in in January. So they know the spring football summer workout schedule. What they don't know is this winter workout period now before spring football starts and what that looks like and how to prepare for spring football and and move forward. There's going to be a lot of learning that takes place for guys like Walter Nolan and LT Overton and Shamar Turner and these young guys who um, will look to McKinley Jackson for leadership. And really the entire defense is going to look to McKinley Jackson for leadership next year as guys like Damani Richardson maybe Antonio Johnson, uh, some of those veteran leaders that were there this year, move on to the NFL or or finish up their eligibility. Um, now we're going to go to the recruiting trail. Uh, A&M got some really, really good news on the recruiting trail. We figured and we talked about this in our instant reaction video to the LSU win on Saturday is that that win over LSU was going to make waves um, throughout the program and out on the recruiting trail. And so far, uh, it sort of feels like that has manifested. And part of that is that um, five-star defensive tackle, DJ Hicks, who committed to AM in a way that um, sort of surprised or at a time that sort of surprised some folks who follow schools like Oklahoma, um, committed to AM last month now has sort of affirmed his commitment to AM after taking visits with his high school teammate, Damian Sanford, who is also an AM commit, who had a great senior season, really rose up the rankings quite a bit, and it has gained some momentum on the recruiting trail uh, in terms of teams pursuing him over the last few months. Um, they took a visit to Oklahoma and then took a visit to Eugene, Oregon, for the Oregon Ducks, um, came back, were at Field in College Station this past weekend for the LSU game. And according to reports, have sort of said, hey, we're locked in. Like there was some worry that especially after Anthony Hill decommitted, we'll get back to that here in just a minute. After Anthony Hill decommitted, that AM would wind up or could wind up losing uh, Hicks as well. And that there might be a little bit of a domino process that happened from there. And so far, at least, they have fended off that uh, conversation for now. Um, he also announced Hicks and Sanford also announced they're going to be taking official visits to AM on the weekend of December 16th through the 18th. And if you don't know the recruiting calendar very well, um, the early signing period, National Signing Day, or the opening of the early signing period for the 2022 class actually opens December 21st. So this weekend, that weekend of December 16th to the 18th is a really important day for 
those guys to be in College Station in Aggieland because it means that the last um, the last experience that they will have in their recruiting process before signing day will be an official visit to A&M. So the difference between an official visit and an unofficial visit, if you're not familiar, um, it, there's a lot of these intricate rules with recruiting. Um, an official visit is where the school itself can pay for your lodging and your meals and your entertainment and things like that while you are on campus. On an unofficial visit, you can come to campus on your own expense. You can come visit, you can see the coaches, you can go to the, they can give you a pass to the games, but you have to get yourself there. You have to pay for your, you have to pay your own way, essentially. Uh, on an official visit, they can pay your travel expenses, your, your um, hotel costs, your meals, all that kind of stuff. There's been stories out uh, written recently about how much money uh, Texas spent the weekend that Arch Manning took his um, official visit to Texas. And and there was a lot of other guys there that week. So they really roll out the red carpet on those official visits. So it's a big deal to have guys in town that weekend right before signing day. Because if that's their last experience, a lot of times you hear these ebbs and flows in these recruiting processes off of the visits. And it makes sense. I mean, think about how much momentum we just saw coming off of this AM win against LSU, the big high of the visit, the win, the experience, the school, all that kind of stuff. Lots of kids just glowing about that that atmosphere at Cobbfield. So to be able to get those guys on campus that last week, that last weekend right before signing day is a big deal. But it's not just a big deal because those two guys are going to be there. Another guy, Tony Mitchell, we've talked about him a little bit on this show, is a five-star defensive back out of Alabama. And he's currently committed to the Crimson Tide. But he announced on Twitter, in addition to, you know, posting a, uh, a picture of himself in A&M Get Up like they do for, the, uh, for their visits, um, he posted a picture with hashtag Giggum on his Twitter account the other day. He announced he is also going to be in College Station that weekend. And so... There has there's the potential. I would imagine there's going to be several of these commits and things like that in that weekend, whether they're on official visits or unofficial visits. We'll we'll have to see. But I would imagine that Jimbo Fisher and his staff are trying to set that weekend up as sort of a pillar in the recruiting calendar for these guys. A lot like we talk about the pool party at the end of the summer, right before the season starts. Hey, come here right before the season starts. Be a part of this pool party, this event. Be here with the guys who you have the potential to be your teammates and your classmates and things like that next year. Do that again in December, right before signing day. Generate some flips and some unexpected commitments that last week, last few days, right before signing day. Um, I know AM is going to try to get Anthony Hill back on campus between now and signing day. It was a big deal that he took that visit to Austin and did not commit to Texas that weekend and has not committed to Texas since. Um, and there's been growing momentum towards the idea that maybe A&M has a shot to get Anthony Hill back in the fold, which would be huge. Another guy, Peyton Bowen, uh, five-star safety from uh, Denton, Texas. Um, I know a and going to have some guys at his playoff game this weekend, um, thanks to the guys over at Texags who keep track of all that stuff really well. Um, as the insiders there. So 
it's going to be a big few weeks on the recruiting trail. Um, there's the possibility that we've got an offensive coordinator hiring happening over the next few days to week as well. And everything that will go in with that, hopefully they're able to build some momentum and bring in some more recruits into this class. And we'll also see the transfer portal open up on December 5th. The names are starting to fill that portal up um, in terms of announcements that are happening as guys throw their hat in the ring to say, hey, you know what? I want to go find another opportunity. I'm available. Let Bring me to your school and let me play and let me make plays for you. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for those guys in College Station. Um, and it's, you know, A&M just opened up six scholarship spots. If you think about, if you think about, you know, the other side of the portal is the guys who are leaving were not impact players for A&M this year. Um, really haven't been impact players at almost any point in their career for A&M. Uh, Chase Lane maybe being the exception. He had a pretty good year in 2020. But they haven't lost the core of their team. They're going to lose a few guys to the draft. But they haven't lost the, the young core of their team, at least to this point. And with that being the case, there's some scholarships that just opened up. There's some room in the recruiting class in 2023 in terms of it's not a huge class right now. They're hoping to add to it, but it's not a huge class right now. So there's going to be a lot of room in the portal for Jimbo Fisher and a new offensive coordinator and defense coordinator, Daryl Dickey, to go to work with their recruiting staff and bring some guys in. We're going to cover all of it here on Locked on Aggies. That's going to be our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, make sure you go check out Locked on Sports today. It's got the biggest stories of the day. The take of the day goes beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts of Locked On that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, I'm your host of Locked On Aggies, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. And please go check us out on YouTube if you're listening on the audio side. The channel is Locked On Aggies there as well. Guys, we're going to have a great off season. We're going to cover everything really tight here. We're going to get you guys all the information that you need. Thanks so much. And we will see you next time.